you know, the reality is the way that we work with external partners has changed so much over the years, yep. um, especially from the days when I was at an agency. It, it came down to, you know, a, a creative team going off, uh, you know, spending Disney. a few weeks away and doing the big ta-da moment, you know, and nothing gives me more heartburn than that. Welcome back to the Challenging Icons interview series. Today I'm joined by the ever-talented Colin Whitehead, who is the head of brand at Dropbox. Since joining Dropbox, he has led the creative process of the recent overhaul of the visual identity system, voice and tone, brand campaign, and the new company mission. Welcome Colin, and thank you for hosting us at these incredible headquarters of Dropbox in San Francisco. Thanks for coming in. So where I want to start is that we touched you've had an interesting career path, um, gone from agencies and uh, creative consultancy, um, but how do you describe your role here at Dropbox? My role here is a little bit unique. The brand studio inside Dropbox looks after the master brand of the company, so we look at how the brand is expressed inside all of our external communication, of course, like our advertising campaigns, etc., but also how the brand is expressed inside the product, how it's expressed inside comms um, inside the company mission or financial kind of um, communications externally. And so we, we try to really uh, look after the brand from a really centralized point of view. Um, and that gives us kind of tremendous leverage and the ability to really maintain a really tight brand position. So we mentioned that uh, you came from a production experience prior to joining Jobbox. Um, which sort of aspects have you leveraged that, you know, coming in as sort of a creative lead here, um, being able to empower your, your teams and to help innovate and get, get them to reach a higher level? Well, I don't, definitely don't have it all figured <laughs> out. Um, but I think one thing that's different for me is um, my craft is in process design. So I'm not the lead writer or the lead designer. And I have a general philosophy about how I approach I'm managing the team as a restaurant owner. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the star chef. I'm just trying to make sure that the front of the house is talking to the back of the house, mm -hmm. that there's fresh produce coming in, clean plates. And so I think my role is more of a servant leader to a really, really talented team. I think, I think for the most part in my career, what I've seen is that when creatives are really struggling, it's often because of the process. Mm -hmm and that's where things break down. They don't have the time or resources to do a proper discovery and exploration, uh, or there's you know, heavy amounts of creative thrash in the yeah. approval process or what have you. And so focusing on really designing intentional processes for your creative teams creates a really amazing safe harbor for kind of time and space oases that they need to do their best work. I'm assuming one of the major things here since you've joined was doing the whole identity uh, revamp um, and kind of wanted to dig deeper into the reason behind why you decided to do the overall process and rebranding Dropbox and then what were some of the, the crucial elements and maybe challenges like going through that process. You know, Dropbox started uh, about over 10 years ago as a file sync and share pioneer. Yeah. 
And over time, we saw that people got the most value from Dropbox, not from the passive storage, but from the active collaboration around the files, around the content that's so mm -hmm. important to their work. Online storage was first available to people. It was kind of a scary idea. Yeah. You're putting your most important information into the cloud. And the Dropbox illustration style was actually born from a lot of that insight. And that sort of mark of the maker and that line art of the illustrations being very simple and very human, yeah. often playful, I think really um, helped users trust Dropbox a lot. And knowing that there were humans behind the software, yeah. uh, it wasn't just robots and machines up in the cloud. And I think that helped our brand um, develop a relationship. And we knew that the rebrand was going to um, snap some heads. You know, yeah. really, really say, hey, what is going on at Dropbox? And that's exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted the opportunity to, to tell a new story yeah. for, for us as a company. In order to do that, we also wanted a really broad spectrum to choose from of, you know, everything from you know, really simple, you know, whites and blues and illustration yeah. all the way to full color and, and different types of uh, mediums and different things that we hadn't had before. Yeah. Did you find that the whole organization were very much on board from the start of where your vision was to take it, or was there some education that needed to happen? I gotta be honest, um, it was pretty smooth. Oh. It, we, we, we have um, some tremendous leadership inside mm -hmm. Dropbox and people that we've built trust with over time. But I think everyone was really excited. You know, as you tour around the office, you see yeah. lots of amazing personality and color. And the Dropbox brand at the time was very simplistic. Mm -hmm. It was very minimal whites and blues with you know playful illustration. And so we wanted a lot of that uh, expressiveness and that kind of opinionated stance that we have about design to make it out into the world. Yeah. And so I think it was a it was a pretty easy sell for us up to leadership, um, and a relatively smooth process with the partners that we worked with and and the internal teams cross functionally here as well. Yeah, it's great. I know uh, some organizations don't have it quite so easy <laughs> to yeah, get, get that through, so it's yes, fantastic yes. to hear. So obviously the uh, launch of the IPO is quite a, a rare thing for a brand to do. Uh, tell me a little bit what that experience was like and how did that change Dropbox? Yeah, it was obviously a new experience to me. It doesn't happen very often um, for most people in the creative industry at least, and it was a really amazing opportunity for us to tell the story of the company. And for me, it was also an amazing opportunity to hear from our customers because we had to go out and, and, and find stories for our customers that we were gonna put in a roadshow video. And we had the chance to meet with the Golden State Warriors, who are big Dropbox users, um, Pinterest is right yeah. down the road, um, who are diehard paper users and Saturday Night Live as well, because um, their show, um, they run their video team off of paper and they have been doing it since it was in beta. Wow. Uh, and so all of the rapid iteration, and when I think about a creative and complicated process, that's kind of the, the pinnacle for me is, is that show. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, hearing from them about how they use the product and going there to SNL and seeing a taping and, and seeing how they work was really, really inspirational. But it was a really amazing opportunity for us to engage with our customers and, and tell a story about the company as a whole. It's yeah. history, it's financial model, all the stuff that's kind of new for us and, and was actually really, really interesting and, and kind of a new creative deliverable that, that we have never done before. Fantastic. Does it kind of inspire you when you're seeing you know, 
one, all that history, like where you've come from and where you are now, and there's enormous steps you've sort of taken in a relatively short space of time, as well as how you're seeing all these different organisations use it. Do you sort of get inspired to, oh, I've never thought about using a product this way, and I might actually start using that with my own team? Oh, we, we, we learned a ton. We, we actually learned a ton. I learned a ton about how SNL uses Dropbox paper yeah. through the filming of that video. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's inspirational. I think for me, I really believe in the mission of the company yeah. and, and, and the founder's ability to deliver on that vision. And so to kind of document that and, and craft that narrative as I was able to interview them as you're interviewing yeah. me to tell that story, um, was a really kind of rare opportunity to get a window into yeah. the future of the company and the customers that we have. Do you have a favorite bit of insight that maybe came from the founders? Yeah, I think, you know, I realized that uh, Drew Houston, the founder, you know, he started Dropbox prototyping on a bus because he lost his thumb drive <laughs> and has always been a tinkerer and engineer. And his ability to have a vision for what this would become is just staggering. Yeah. The ability for him to kind of leave MIT and start a company with just a small group of people in a tiny Chinatown apartment uh, is just a really inspiring story, but also one that uh, speaks to the innovation that, that we're always going to pursue in, in being a pioneer in creating new ways of people, yeah. new ways that people can work together. Because I think there's also, obviously, Externally, you know, you've got consumers, they're working faster, new software's coming in, but then also, you know, you look after internal as well. So, just interesting to hear about how to use sort of the brand steward of this, you know, Dropbox. You've obviously got sorts of product managers, innovation teams, um, always developing new softwares and systems. How do you make sure the brand identity is flexible enough for things that you don't know as the brand evolves and comes to the future? Yeah, that's, uh, it's a really interesting tension. Um, I think that for us, one of the things that we, we realized early on is that the perception of Dropbox uh, was very favorable. People knew Dropbox, yeah. liked Dropbox um, for the most part because you know, people just say, oh, it just works and yeah. they like that. But over time, we also saw that um, the innovation that we had internally was kind of leaving that perception behind a little bit. I remember. Um, this is going to date me a little bit, but when I was in college, we had a computer lab. Yeah. And you would go to your computer lab to do a lot of classwork because you maybe didn't have a computer. And I remember the first day that Facebook was available for people with only .edu addresses. <laughs> and I walked down and it was just a sea of Facebook computers, yeah. you know, or Facebook screens on, on computers. And when I came to Dropbox, um, I had that same experience with a product called Dropbox Paper everyone in the company was using Dropbox. I had never heard of this product. And the company really relies on that product and it's, it's, it's something that's, we'd used it internally for two years or so before we even let it out in beta. Yeah. And it's a really flexible workspace where you can put in photos and videos and gifts and write and kind of keep a team on the same yeah. page. Uh, so now I can't live without it. But uh, no one knew about that, and so uh, it, it took us way out of the kind of traditional job that yeah. you would hire Dropbox to do in you know backing up your files, and gave us a new story to tell. And, and all the other ways that we you know improved the regular Dropbox, the core Dropbox product as well. So 
the innovation that we have is 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 that and much more. Yeah. And it's about us kind of managing that previous perception, which is really wonderful, and we yeah. built that up over over many years. Um, and so it's it's a wonderful job, but a challenge uh, to make sure that make sure that our kind of leading innovation curve yeah. around the narrative that we want to tell is being followed by our consumers, and that's the role that we, we play in brand. So. You know, obviously, you know, Dropbox on one level has uh, very much a functional part to it. It has to deliver on sort of this cloud storage. But with brands, we know the importance of having that emotional connect connection to consumers to tell that bigger story about what it's about. Um, and that connection often drives brand loyalty. You know, you want to work with them versus some of the other competitors out there. How did you make sure you infuse that emotion within the brand? It's something that is crucial for us and one of the things that I think sets us apart. So for us, um, every principle of the rebrand was going to be driving at exactly that. Um, focusing on the user and how we show up in every aspect, whether it's type, color, illustration, photography, uh, the motion, sound, mnemonics of Dropbox. Um, really striving to connect with the user in a, in a, in a meaningful mm -hmm. way is, is how we want to continue the relationship that we've already built. And for us, I think what we've seen over time is that, you know, gone are the days when an IT administrator would just make a unilateral decision yeah. about software and just hand it down to people and force them to use it. What we're seeing now is people are bringing their best of breed tools to work and asking IT, hey, can I work with this? We're just doing it without them. Yeah. And so our role is to make sure that those tools are secure enough to, to pass any kind of IT protocols, but also continuing to make products that people love to use and want to use apart from their work yeah. and, and bring that to their work um, is something that is something that we you know we care deeply yeah. about. So I was fascinated and I think one of the major differences between our roles, myself being uh, in an agency like Paul Fisher versus your organization like Dropbox is probably client focus. Uh, you can get a lot deeper into the brand, you live and breathe it every day and you're working with many different production teams, innovation, uh, you know, different organizations inside here who I'm sure have all their own point of view and needs and goals. How do you maintain a red thread through all of that with the brand? And it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't have it all figured out, but you know, when I was at an agency, um, I was part of a rebrand, and I think that in retrospect, I realized I didn't do a full rebrand. I did an off-brand campaign. <laughs> yeah. uh, as a consultant, same thing. You know, very difficult for leadership to feel the level of investment. You know, yeah. uh, from an external employee versus someone that's internal. And so there's so there's in-house, there's a lot more permanency, yeah. there's a lot more um, sort of investment in the work that is inherent. But I think similar tensions are very natural mm -hmm. between uh, the business and the brand, et cetera. And so, you know, we maintain those types of tensions and relationships yeah. uh, over time. For us, what's been really interesting is having our creative team plugged into the business itself. Some of the most interesting meetings I've had at Dropbox are having uh, an illustration team or a graphic design team meeting with a finance team to understand our business model, understand um, 
you know, how we make money, how yeah. we engage with our users and how we gain their trust, etc. And so really for us it's been about uh, connecting deeply to the business and what we want to do as a company and, and to the mission and expressing that inside of our brand and that's been really empowering for us as a creative team to interact with the different groups inside Dropbox, whether it's legal or finance yeah. or you know even the most senior management. Is, is that been always the case, this kind of cross-pollination or transparency within Dropbox or is that since the, you know, the rebirth of the brand, the redesign, to sort of get that collaboration and get everyone sort of working as one and understand what the new mission is? I think that Dropbox has a surprisingly, even to me sometimes, yeah. a transparent culture. And so that collaboration has always been kind of in our identity and yeah. our, in our culture. But certainly over time as we've matured as an organization, we've needed to work way more cross-functionally than we have in the past. Yeah. And as we've had so many kind of marquee moments for the brand, through the brand campaign, the rebrand uh, of the design, the IPO, etc., um, we've had a lot of moments to kind of work really cross-functionally um, in efforts that have touched the entire organization. Yeah. And have you seen, because I can imagine having illustrators meeting finance people, you know, they're understanding how the business works, but is there also been a deep understanding of people who maybe not from a creative background, like the power of the brand and the need to sort of invest in it and why we're doing it and what the message is. Absolutely. Um, so even though I'm a process person, <laughs> what I've seen, um, and this is just a little bit philosophical, is that often um, where empathy is lacking, process exists. Yeah. Meaning to say that if I don't understand where you're going to take work and how your process goes, I'm less likely to set you up for success in your process. Yeah. And so as we've started working more cross-functionally inside the company, we actually have been building empathy for our creative process. And so something that's been amazing is to see teams pushing for us to get the kind of discovery and exploration phase yeah. that we really need to do our due diligence for a creative project because they've seen how we work, they understand how we actually make what we make. And that empathy building has been one that has been really helpful for us yeah. in improving our process. Uh, that, that's really fantastic. I can imagine if it feels like the whole organization is on the same page, you can move things forward in a smoother way. Was that the same in the rebrand? Yeah, it's sort of doing that, look, everyone kind of saw what was going on, because I can imagine the danger is that you can get a lot of voices then coming into the rebrand, and sometimes you need a little bit of focus in there. Yeah, it's, you know, transparency is a double-edged sword, yeah. and, and certainly if you open up the oven too often, the air is just <laughs> going to leak on out and nothing will get baked. Yeah. But for us, um, the rebrand provided an opportunity for us to be really engaging um, frequently with, yeah. with cross-functional partners. So we did a lot of uh, pressure testing, a lot of prototyping with um, product designers or engineers yep. to say, hey, how can we push this, how can we break this? Uh, and then it was a lot of communication to the company and all hands meetings, um, opening up our, our documentation and our paper docs and making them public okay. to the company so people could go in. And it doesn't mean that we addressed all of the feedback, but we wanted to at least hear people out and engage them. Um, and where there was valid feedback, you know, we, we, we listen and, and make those changes. I mean, that's kind of fascinating to allow people to come on that journey and open the docs to be public. And I'm sure that sort of throws some energy inside, like this is coming, look at this, this is really cool, like get ready, this is coming your way. 
I think for internal teams, um, transparency is really crucial yeah. because you can often find yourself navel-gazing. Uh, and so you'll often find an Achilles heel by someone just pointing out, say, hey, did you think about this? Yeah. And you realize that you've been heads down and, and not considering something that could be you know, a major issue. So for us, you know, identifying you know, uh, the accessibility of colors on screens yeah. or, or working through legibility with our type uh, is, is something that we've, we've valued our external partners yeah. or our internal uh, cross-functional partners uh, a lot. Yeah. So obviously undertaking a whole rebrand of an organization is a huge amount of work. And this spring you spoke at How Design Live uh, about the concerns of burnout with inside internal teams and creative teams through sort of process. We work faster, we work harder. Are there any particular things that you've uh, developed or processes you've put into your own team to mitigate that? And what are sort of the challenges against streamlining uh, a design process? I think that at a macro level, it comes down to designing process with intention. Mm -hmm. In the same way you would begin your creative process, approaching the creative approval process in the same way. Yeah. And so for us, it's been just trying to reflect, sit back on thinking and thinking about how is the best way to do the work before we decide what we are going yeah. to make. Deciding who are our stakeholders going to be, um, how many reviews are we going to have, what is the cadence that we're going to have, um, aligning on a really uh, objective creative brief uh, ahead of time. These things are really just good hygiene, yeah. but are often lost in the hustle and bustle of really tight timelines. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the, I don't know, <laughs> I feel a little bit like um, most of this stuff is, is kind of like working out. Yeah. It almost doesn't matter what you do. If you're consistent with it every day, you're going to be in better shape. Sure, yeah. So I, I really don't have a silver bullet for process design. But what I know to be true is that when you design process with intentionality, you inevitably have a better creative output in the mm -hmm. end, and you have a more enjoyable process Absolutely. for the team. And, and that's really what team health is, is about. Uh, you can make the best product in the world, and if it just sucks <coughs> to yeah. make, then, then no one's really going to want to do it again. So for us, creating uh, an environment where people feel safe to take risks, creating an environment where people have time and space to themselves to discover, yeah. explore, create territories uh, is really, really important. And then safeguarding the team with a really, really solid creative brief and really clear and distinguished roles and responsibilities for approval processes has been something that has allowed us to put out some, some work that we're really proud of and we haven't been at each other's throats <laughs> in the process. Yeah. Um, you know, now sort of touch on, you said, you know, you guys had paper in here two years before we even heard about it. Um, and you've got a lot of probably very exciting projects going on. Is there anything we can get excited about you could allude to that might be coming out from Dropbox in the next coming months or years? Without breaking any uh, <laughs> NDAs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything to announce today, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm really excited okay. about how deeply we've been integrating with lots of our partners. Yep. Um, uh, third-party applications and, and others who are creating really, really innovative products. Um, and the things that we've been building in-house, I think, 
are going to really benefit creative teams in particular in providing focus and flow in lots of different types of workflows that are unique to our industry. Uh, so selfishly, I'm excited about a lot of the tools that we've been able to play yeah. with internally and for those tools to kind of be shared out to the world. Oh, awesome. Well, I look forward to finally seeing some of them in the sort of hope not too distant future. That's cool. Um, so we've had a number of kind of quite tough questions and lofty questions and we developed a little quick fire round to kind of get to know you a little bit better, uh, some work related, some not, just to get under the skin of what makes you tick. Are you kind of up for some fast paced questions? Let's do it. Cool. Awesome. So question number one, in three words, what are three key ingredients that a credit team needs? Time and space oasis. That's pretty good. I'd always put snacks and someone picking up the beer tab. Oh, that's <laughs> more than three words. <laughs> True. So when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be in advertising. Yeah? When I was 16, I storyboarded Super Bowl car commercials. Awesome. I had seen a Good Be Sourcing yeah. Partners um, spot for Got Milk. And I thought it was so funny. And the fact that they could get me to laugh that hard inside of 30 seconds, I said, this is what I want to, this is what I want to do. And that was actually my first job was out of college. I could be working on a Super Bowl uh, account. Do you still have those storyboards tucked away? Oh, I'm sure my mother has <laughs> somewhere. Them. Yes, and they're probably horrible. I'm going to have to dig them out sometime. Yeah, there's a reason why I didn't go into design. OK, question number three, Giants or 49ers? Both. Oh, I think that's the only answer. <laughs> what is your favorite app that you can't live without? I, I mean, I gotta say Instagram. I, I'm, I'm vain. <laughs> the I selfie. Yeah, no, not, not for me, but I think um, I, I would say Instagram. Yeah. I, honestly, I follow. Uh, engage with brands there uh, and my feed is actually really engaging that I've curated a little bit over time but uh, I'm not on Twitter yeah I, I, I go on LinkedIn occasionally I'm kind of a non-participant in the social media other than, than Instagram. Instagram and, and I kind of really like it yeah I would say I'd you know I'd no shame in saying I love it too. I think I get a ton of inspiration. I discover new illustrators and photographers and new brands who are doing interesting things. It's like an incredibly powerful tool as much as mainstream as it seems. You want to be like, I have this really niche app and oh, does I that. Know. <laughs> you know, I so I'm like, cool. Say something so intelligent. <laughs> but real talk, yeah, Instagram's yeah. Yeah. good. Um, and then last but not least, what is the most unexpected use of Dropbox that you've ever heard of? I interviewed a filmmaker um, who was filming uh, in New York and they used Dropbox paper for every single shot, uh, over 300 scenes, full feature, full feature film, um, shot by shot, every piece of wardrobe, every amount of casting, the entire film ran in and out of paper. Wow. Um, and it's, it's something that, that, that really blew my mind. Um, and the depths to which they integrated with Slack and integrated with tasks and, and did all that stuff, I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, and the crew, the director that we were talking to, the crew was, you know, kind of a, a hardcore New York crew that was absolutely loving using paper on their devices. And it, it kind of blew my mind. That's cool. It must be kind of pretty exciting to see people just really latch on to a new product like that and sort of 
create a new way of using it. Well, thank you so much for inviting us here. It's been fantastic to hear about it and congratulations on the rebrand. It's some incredible work. I think we'll definitely be looking out to see what comes next from Dropbox. Thanks for coming. Thank back. you.